And welcome back to Sensibly Cynical. My name, of course, is Sean. And today's guest is Warren Marlowe. He is the host of Buzzing with Marlowe. It's the podcast where he talks about anything and everything. And of course, um, I was on the commission, which is a wrestling podcast by, um, it was basically a roundtable by the 1130 podcast with DeAndre Shizlansky and Warren Marlowe. So awesome to have Warren on. We're both Jack fans. So this was a connection right off the bat. We talk about wrestling, his career as a wrestler, basketball, and more. So introduce yourself, man. How'd you get started with the podcast? What's going on with it? All right. So basically, I was about, for about six years, I did the world of professional wrestling. I was uh, American Prodigy. I wrestled on the mm. independent circuit for six years. Yeah. Um, I was born in New Groton, Connecticut, pretty much raised in Jacksonville and the Miami area due to my yeah. dad being in the Navy. So mm-hmm. got into wrestling. Uh, did six years of it, had an absolute blast. I learned so much <laughs> analogy yeah. to life, a business yeah. aspect, um, just originality. I definitely, right. because I mean, I used to watch WWE. I mean, I've watched WWE since I was yeah. like three years old. Yeah, and sure. I was always a diehard rock guy. Like that was my dude. But when I got yeah. into wrestling, I'm not built. 275 pounds i'm not six foot five i'm five eight when i first signed a wrestling school contract (laughs) i was only 190 actually that's a lie 185 and that was actually that made me feel a good moment (laughs) (laughs) 185 185 soaking wet i got you yeah oh yeah And (laughs) and i mean i learned so much when you go to a training school Hmm. you get that determination if you're gonna love this thing or you just actually like what am i doing here yeah when i was watching all those WWE network things i'll be like everyone says it's like analogous to life and i was thinking like how is getting your ass kicked analogous to life well it's true it's like getting back up and even though it's staged still analogous because there's an it's an art it's an art it's not not everyone's Mm -hmm. built for it like you're saying, like, not everyone's built for it. But, yeah, I don't think – I think this size thing is a little skeptical because well, then why is Ray Mysterio getting pushed all the time? Back then, <laughs> yeah. it was a big deal. <laughs> little guys really would not make it in wrestling. And yeah. I, I learned that being on the road and with a bunch of old legends and stuff right. like that. And that was the coolest yeah. thing about the indie shows. Like, I mm. see guys that, I, that I've watched on WWE, um, yeah. some that my mom – was like a little kid watching and you just yeah, get to ride yeah. on the ride and listen to these stories that these people will sit here and tell you. And it was just awesome because you're watching them on a big platform network and stuff. And you're going in and you're working a show with them basically in like a flea yeah. market area or something <laughs> like that. So yeah, it's sure. like very sure. differentiates on some things, but like the independence make you, it makes you realize what, you're trying to prove in this because if you really i i tell people all the time you're not going to just go straight wwe you're not going to go straight to unless you're born in promotion and unless if you're like 
third generation, yeah, a second generation, or if you're if your family member is not a part of a wrestling school or something, that is the only mm. way you are getting in that that type of ordeal. And needless to say, my family, I don't think any of them have ever done wrestling. So <laughs> I think I'm a, I think I'm the only one in that tier drop. But yeah, for six years. I did it. Um, I've had some amazing times. I've I've grew a major brotherhood with so many people. Mm. Um, one of my most prestige matches, I think, Rivalry Rise, obviously would be the guy that I wrestled with. His name was Wesley McRoberts, but he's known as Less Fortunate. Uh, he's wrestled okay. all over, all over the place. And I mean, my first year, he took a major green guy. And, mm-hmm. and boosted me up to actually want to do a sunset bomb because I absolutely <laughs> did not want to do yeah. it at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And obviously got me the just ease myself up because I used to be I, – I still am. I'm still terrified of heights. But my character was not terrified mm-hmm. of heights. I was big in the superhero films. And yeah. when I look at wrestling, that's like a larger-than-life ordeal. That's like a superstar to me. Like that's a superhero. So when I came up with the American Prodigy, I was mm-hmm. like, you know what? I'm Clark Kent, American Prodigy Superman. So mm-hmm. the first thing I did, I was like, you know what? I'm going to start learning how to jump off the top rope and stuff like that. And, <laughs> and the funny thing is when you have your own parents and your family yeah. members at the shows, and they still question, are you sure that's him in that? Like, yeah. <laughs> he's on the top rope. He wouldn't be doing that. It's like, is he making the right decision for his long-term health? It's like, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, trust me. So, like, some of the matches I've done, I know for a fact. Yeah. As as this guy, no. Oh my gosh. Um. Yeah, man. So, what what parts of the country were you were you um, performing in? Like, how far would you go? Uh, Georgia and Florida areas were like my main marquee areas. Uh, the yeah. furthest I've wrestled, I think, was like in the Carolina areas or something like that. So talk about financial back then. All right, so I worked at a warehouse when I started, so and I'm still working at this warehouse now. But my first year, I didn't make a dime. Um, I was oh, more about I was more about learning <laughs> and figuring out, like, because at that time, because I I just done it just to say I wanted to do it, just say I did it. And when I graduated the training yeah. school, which it takes about a year to do. Mm-hmm. you're not making anything out of it you're you're not because you're putting all that money you make into that training school because that's what you're paying that off and right, right, right. they're not cheap i mean the cheapest i think is maybe 700 dollars, but it's very what? rare. yeah it's very rare sometimes they make you do payments and i've seen people literally do the payment plan and stuff like that i couldn't do it i paid all mine up front i couldn't mm-hmm. I didn't even try to even bother with that. Just paid so with all up front. What's so, the cheapest you've seen someone get paid? If you do like a fair show or something like that, you're not going to make money. But yeah. I think the cheapest I've seen, i say 25 You were talking about how you were a WWE guy. Who was your – I know everyone talks about it all the time, but give you the cookie-cutter uh, question. Who was your guy or girl? The butterfly, oh, the cookie cutter baby face. Yeah, the question. <laughs> yeah, like, was there anyone that was like? You know, I know you said the Rock, but was there like anybody, any other big star that you were into? I love Randy Orton. Love. Yeah, Randy Orton. he's he's been crazy. Like, I can't remember how many heel turns he's had. <laughs> you know, you know, he, he can a, do anything. Believe it or not, Randy was actually the very first heel I went for. No, actually, that's a lie. When the Rock turned heel, when he did his Hollywood gimmick. I was I was all in for that, but he was the only bad guy I would root for. I would never root for any other bad guy, but The Rock it was an exception. Bad um, guy. I always loved all the good guys. <laughs> always loved the good guys, but man, Randy 
Randy gave a different look into wrestling. With him being that third generation guy, still, you just, you could tell from the beginning, he stood out way over mm-hmm. his grandfather, his dad. I mean, just mm-hmm. the look that he had. That's how I saw when I brought my character together, because I was like, you know what? I'm not the <laughs> biggest, but dadgummit, I'm very in shape. Like, what are you talking about? Like, hardcore matches? Um, uh, we did a title on the pole match. Um, I've done, <laughs> We did a blindfold match. That was an interesting one. And then found out there was thumbtacks in the ring at the bottom. What? Did not know. And I thought and and I thought the guy was blindfolded. No, it was a big ass rib on me. This was like my first. This was like my second year in the business ordeal. And mm-hmm. I think it was just like a big rib. That was like one of my marquee shows because I, I used to wrestle for one particular federation. And then when I went on to do something else, my very first time, I kind of got like the little brush off hey man you're still that that new cat type guy so it was like (laughs) blindfolded i bumped into thumbtacks so yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) like matt cardona like Mm -hmm. are you what are you following what he's doing are you a matt cardona guy oh lord yeah oh lord yeah what's your thoughts on how he's he's uh, reinventing himself down there the best way you could ever do and that's one thing i've told guys like I get shade thrown on me when we do the commission talks because I literally tell you from a wrestler's perspective. Like, it's great that AEW's there and all this, but Mm -hmm. if I got released from WWE today, my main goal would be like, you know what? I want to go travel. I want to go do stuff on my own. I don't want (laughs) to be on a signed contract. I want to go see what kind of wrestling there is out there. And the stuff that Matt Cardona's doing right now is literally what I would have done. Literally, I would have went all around the world Take bookings after bookings, not be signed by anybody, and just enjoy yeah. this, this again because you were in such a, a corporate. Like he was very, he was very blessed. I mean, regardless of what we saw on TV, man, he got paid mm-hmm. very well. And That's one thing about all the wrestlers; they get paid very well, regardless of if they're on screen or not on screen. They're getting paid very well, and yeah. it's just like it's just how you could treat the ordeal and stuff like that, but. I mean, yeah. I love, I love, absolutely love what he's doing because honestly, I did not think he could be a heel just because mm-hmm. of his look and everything and just showing what he's doing. <laughs> Major props. Like, I never thought he could yeah, do it. Yeah, man. I saw one, I've seen GCW on like Fight TV, you know, pay per view I bought. And you, you heard of uh, G Raver? Mm-hmm. You remember the match where he was, it was like a glass. Um, what was the name of the match? But they did like a back body drop on the glass, him oh, and yeah, somebody yeah, else. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like, I, I, do you think they're you think they're like a ECW like knockoff, or do you think they're like like legit contenders going forward? We we had a conversation about this yesterday on Commission Talks, and Shiz brought it up very well. I mean, it's working for that federation. That's be fake glass, no? Um, stuff at GCW. Yeah, because it'd probably be like shit... plexiglass. It'd probably be like plexiglass. What's up, DeAndre? Yeah, man. So yeah, so I, I like how GCW d- does this, man. Because I, I saw the entrance that uh, Mick Foley was criticizing. Do you see Mick Foley's response? Yeah, he liked it. He's like Mick Foley was like, um, <laughs> was like, you got the brass ring, and then it got taken away. It's true. Like him <laughs> and um, who's the guy that he was with? Um, Kurt Hawkins. Uh-huh. Like they were, What's they up? were legit. They were legit tag team. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, let's transition to um, what's your thoughts on this whole Brian Danielson comeback with the AEW? Are you, were you a big Daniel Bryan guy back in the day or you thought he was just yeah. overrated I mean, or what? I mean, me, I had to basically kind of part ways with wrestling just kind of the same way he'd done. Um, 
the booking that he's got right now has been phenomenal. You could just tell he's enjoying himself. And and the yeah. best thing is, out of all the guys that have left, up, a, left to go to AEW and shit like that, he has been very, very nice <laughs> about it. Like, when I say nice mm. about it, I mean he's not bashing WWE. Because well, no. If it wasn't for WWE, he wouldn't have, he wouldn't have hooked up with uh, uh, Brie Bella. So, of course not. That's true. He, he wouldn't have got his... Uh, you know, family from it. So there's a reason for that. <laughs> I used to watch a lot of his, like, I used to watch a lot of his old matches on Ring of Honor when he was the American Dragon. And because when I first started wrestling and stuff, I was trying to find a name. Like, I was trying to find something <laughs> that would go with America. And I was literally, I, in my first mind, I wanted American Prototype. But That's cool. That's we cool. all know who the prototype was. So oh, um, that wasn't going to work. See, I'm not even a good. John I'm not Cena. even a good. Yeah, that's what it was I'm John thinking. Cena. The funny thing is when you try to figure out a name, all the wrestlers, they're going to basically know yeah. who, who's been used and what's not been. But the, the Brian Danielson stuff, man, I love everything that is going on with it. He's having a blast with it. I'm just nervous just to see. I, I want to make sure he – I want to make. I want to definitely see him in wrestling on his mm-hmm. terms. He ended WWE at WrestleMania. <laughs> you can't go wrong with that. He was in the yeah. main event. He was well taken care of, in my opinion. But the Adam Page story, I wish it was way. I wish they took a little bit longer to do it. But I mean, Brian Danielson, just all around man, he is just having the best, the best wrestling I've seen on a wrestler so far right now. I like Matt Riddle, and I also like um, the Street Profits. We talk about the other brand, but uh-huh. I was always a big. I'm a big Street Profits fan. I've always been. I've always liked the Street Profits, man. My daughter loves their entrance song because they used to have NXT shows and there were like house shows in Jacksonville at the Armory. And one of my friends that I trained with and stuff, he took me and told me, hey, let's go to this wrestling show. And I'm like, it's a WWE event? He's like, yeah. I was like, it's only $10? He's like, yeah, man. We're going to be set. Like, whatever. And I went in there and needless to say, you see WWE everywhere, but I didn't know what (laughs) NXT was because I thought it was still OVW at that time. I wasn't really like on the NXT genre ordeal. But when I watched them and I saw the Angelo Dawkins come out and he would have like a gimmick where he would do something Mm. with his headband. If his headband flew off, he just like went ape shit on people. Like literally just mm. went crazy. And the funny thing is he was actually feuding with his partner now in Street Profits, Montez. And Montez yeah. was like some yeah. type of breakdancer character. Uh-huh. So it's just cool like how they used to feud off every house event in NXT. And I, and I hope they stay together, man. But the thing is, I don't know what D'Angelo would have if they were to split. That's the problem on that so what's your um so what do you do on your uh, podcast when i first did it i started it around the covid era um yeah basically i downloaded this app and i mean i kept hearing about anchor and stuff like that but a lot of guys that i would ride on ride on trips and stuff with they would always tell me hey listen to podcasts listen to the bruce pritchard uh chris jericho was one of the ones that really intrigued me stone cold I had one and mm-hmm. When I left wrestling due to an injury and stuff like that, I had a lot of friends give me an idea. It was like, hey, why don't you start doing a podcast? You still mm-hmm. were very known in wrestling. Like you, you knew what you were talking about. You have a lot of knowledge to it. People will feed off of that and want to know more. And then when COVID happened, shut down everything, basically. I started right. doing it just to help my friends. That We joke about it, $25 or whatever. That was their job. This was their income. For right. them to make their living for families and stuff like that. And needless to say, like, I started doing it and I was like, you know what? I'm going to help them, help fan base, whatever, because I wanted to give back to something because I felt like 
I, I owed it to people. And it was crazy because when I first did the episode, I didn't know how long I could go. I started mm-hmm. listening to a lot of podcasts and I was like, I don't know if I can even talk that long. And I'm like, they're talking to themselves. Like, really? So I woke up one morning and I literally was like, you know what? I'm going to hit record and I'm going to see what happens. And it was literally just all about me. I talked about me being a Miami Hurricane fan, a Jacksonville Jaguar mm. fan, wrestling, all that genre. And then literally when I hit in, it was an hour. And I'm just sitting there, I'm like, I just talked to this thing for an hour. And I published it, didn't edit or anything because I didn't know what editing was. So I published it. And next to say, I got over 100 plays in that first day. I didn't even start editing things until like my fourth episode. I started realizing, you know what? Like I said, Chris Jericho intrigued me on stuff because I – because Chris Jericho didn't really even talk about wrestling in his podcast. He was talking about musicians, his band, um, comedians, stuff like that. And I was like, you know what? I've got a lot of friends that were very popular in things like this. I mm-hmm. can make that work. And mm-hmm. needless to say, I made a mistake at first. I did what Shiz used to do was literally record and hit published after every recording. <laughs> I just published it every week. Like, I published like three or four episodes a week. So I literally would pre-record everything and wait one particular day to publish one episode a week. And needless to say, I had over a month full of episodes, but I had perfect timing to plan it all through. And I had Uh, former Playboy model, uh, Deborah Driggs. I've had um, authors, uh, motivational speakers, health and fitness experts. I mean, the one main episode that I'm very still proud to this day is uh, her name was Stacy Simpson, and she did mm. pageantry. And really? I've said this on my podcast numerous times. She she was talking about this stuff, and I was dreading it because I was just like, I don't know nothing of pageantry. This is way out of my cup of tea. But I messed up mm. saying, hey, we'll talk about anything and everything. And she messaged me talking about she wanted to do this. And I was like, well, I can't turn her down. I mean, we talk about anything and everything. No, right, no right. subjects backed off. So needless to say, we talked. And with her going through stage four cancer and stuff like that, and just the positive vibe that she brought, I broke out of my element. Like, I wanted to and be invested into that episode to learn more about it. And the way we talked in that thing, I was just like, wow. Mm. Like I learned so much in that episode. And that's one thing I've learned with all my recordings that I've done is like, I, that's my incentive. Like if I'm learning, I'm doing something right. If I'm not Mm. learning anything and I'm not like enthused with it, then we need to figure out something and go to plan B type scenario. I only did audio only for like two seasons. The recent year, that was my very first time ever doing video for YouTube itself. I'm literally at almost a hundred subscribers now and it's not even been maybe four months i think with my own youtube channel now so it's just it's kind of like when i was in wrestling like my adrenaline like if anybody's ever been in the ring would always tell somebody that curtain adrenaline what mm. i mean by that is coming out that curtain there is no feeling like it. i would bring back the analogy of or the purpose of moves um great example super kicks i feel like super kicks have been way overdone way overused and there's no meaning to it anymore i mean back then if you think of a great example jake the snake robert every match he'd done he tried to put his hand his arm on your on around your head to lay yeah. you down for a ddt <laughs> and you wouldn't kick out um right. the purposes of of the moves again i would definitely bring that back because it's it's just so recycled now because, and I think a lot of fans are realizing it now when they watch the AEW product and stuff. When you're watching guys go 15 minutes 
and they're just doing finisher after finisher. It's like watching a video game. Like, you know, how, like when you start the game and it's got like five finishers already from the start. Like you have a deciding if you can raise it up or if you want to just put it all down or whatever and try to make the match meaningful. That's how it feels sometimes. And it's just like the crowd. I learned this definitely when I wrestled in Georgia. Georgia was the most old school area ever mm-hmm. that I wrestled in. You could do a leapfrog in there and it looks like you mm-hmm. just jumped off of a balcony. <laughs> yeah. It's just like you have to know your crowd. Less is more. Period. I mean, longevity-wise, match-wise, just in general, I would bring back the the meanings of moves because we go to training school and stuff to how to properly do that. Say, like, for instance, a pile driver. You still get hurt mm-hmm. regardless of what that move is, regardless of how safe it is. You still are going to have a pressure hit something in your body. I learned yeah. that because I never when – I, <laughs> when I got hurt, when I had my concussions that the doctor told me about, I was like – I never landed on my head. The mm-hmm. only time I ever came close to landing on my head is when I would try to sell something for like a spike or something. I would always put my hands up, try to do a handstand, whatever. And he's like, yeah. no, you still can affect yourself that way. It's mm-hmm. just like, man, it's just the speed of the matches. Know the flow yeah. and yeah. not every match be the same type of speed. That's one thing yeah. I love about independent shows mm-hmm. is because you have your, your beginning match, that's that's basically the incentive, like, you want to get the crowd invested. When, when do you think that changed? Because I remember, you know, when the NXT went big, Triple H took over and everything. When do you think that, that philosophy changed from, like, the uh, personalities to the indie matches? Did that change, in the uh, like, with NXT? Did the philosophy change then? I don't know if it necessarily was just changed because of that. I think it was when, I mean, it's very great for a guy's my size now for the wrestling per se, because now you can be considered a heavyweight, but Mm -hmm. it's just a, it's a different era. And I mean, (laughs) you watch all these wrestling, new Japan, London, England, all the stuff like that. It's just different styles. The speed's a lot different. The fans used to be based off of the marquee guys, like your main eventers, like you, like Goldberg would be the great example. Goldberg would do three moves in the match, and it would probably that's be the it. match of the night because that's because of the impactfulness of it. You you look mm-hmm. at Goldberg, you know for a fact you wouldn't want to be caught in a bar with him. Period. Mm-hmm. Wrestlers now, it just it don't look that way. But mm-hmm. it was way before NXT, way before the NXT. NXT 2.0. What's your thoughts on that? Because that is definitely a change. You can't say that's not a change. I saw the guy kick the X. Okay. All right. So. It's basically like OVW. People <laughs> might get mad when I say that. It is basically like OVW. There was a lot of guys in there that was never really trained from the whole pioneer of wrestling. I mean, mm. Batista, John Cena, Randy Orton. They were considered on the indies based off of OVW, but they did not go town to town, travel all over the world to wrestle. Um, I think it's just a, it's a different genre. My problem is that they should not have changed it just because, I mean, you've already had it to a pioneer level. Mm-hmm. NXT was probably the best thing going on for WWE for the last four years. I mean, it was booking done right, but it's just you got, you got competition now. You've got all over federations now that are getting mm-hmm. spotlight on TV. And I think that's really the only difference now. NXT was just aired on WWE Network. You didn't really see it on cable television for a long time. Right, right. So, I mean, that might be the other difference thing. Mm. If you put it on a different fan base visual, it probably would have went more over than what it is. 
You have a family, and you expected it to split. What do you expect? <laughs> yeah, I think AEW may have impacted uh, the bottom line there. But, uh, you know, you could go on you could go on for hours on different opinions on what. It's all hearsay, you know? When Nick Khan oh, took yeah. over, that's, that's when the business really, like, we got to the bottom line. Like, he was really, he's a financial guy. That's what he is. That's what Nick Khan is. He's a bottom line. Okay, how much money are we making this month? Okay, so... What can we what can we do? Oh, we can cut um we can cut such and such. He's not doing anything. We can cut mm-hmm. um we can just name. There's like a hundred guys that got not hundred, but there's a lot. It that got cut. It's probably close it to hundred. It's probably close to hundred. I, mean, so I had, I'm not a, I had a good amount I'm of not, friends that got released. I had <laughs> I know, a couple of friends that got released. Warren, that wasn't I'm not trying to be rude. To no, 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 no. <laughs> Trust me, you, you nah. It was a figure. I can take criticism speech. all day. You're good. <laughs> I, I deal it's with that all... one over there, so we're good. <laughs> no, my but my point is, this guy is an outsider. He's not. He's not in the business. So for him, it's just names on a contract. There's no personal right. attachment. He sees right. it like so, kind of like an NFL marquee mm, thing. It's not right. like he's seeing as. Oh, you're bringing this much venue or stuff like that. He, he's seeing it no. as, hey, man, if I get rid of you, I have salary mm. cap. I got value to the market. Like, I could sell this product mm. or something like that. So let's let's transition. Uh, what other sports are you in besides football? We talked about, you know, that. Well, so what other sports are you into? Basketball, football, uh, baseball. Uh, if you have listened to my recent episode on Buzzing with Marlo, I'm not a golfer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you're a basketball guy? Oh yeah, I I, uh, I play. You have a team? I play you have high a team? School ball. Uh, I I go with the hometown teams. I got the Orlando Magic. I mean, they 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 about the same record as the Jaguars in the NBA. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I grew up in New Orlando, so yeah. So I watched Magic. I was a big T Mac fan. I was oh, a big yeah, Tracy, Tracy McGrady fan, so I, I, I liked remember, whoever he was on. <laughs> I remember I remember when he did that. What, would, what did he do? Like a, a windmill in the All-Star game? Mm-hmm. You remember that? Where he, he he threw it off the backboard to himself? Before then, that wasn't a super common dunk. Before no. then, he made the, I remember he the made main the thing I remember is when he was down, I think it was like yeah. a minute left, and he scored like 30 damn points. And, and they were down bad. And he got them back up uh, and put them in overtime and won the game. That's one thing I remember with T-Mac. I mean, just, oh, man. If he never got hurt, I think he would have been one of the talks. Well, he's already in the, he's already in the Hall of Fame, but I, I didn't think he'd he been in first ballot. He would have been in the top but... five tier. He would have been in one of the top fives, literally, man, because, like, just the guy, the shooting, I, I know most of the guys that we talk about as a goat, whatever, T-Mac mm-hmm. had a shot. Kobe and T-Mac were the shooters in ways. So it's just like I saw Shaq when he was a rookie in Orlando versus, um, you know, what people don't realize oh, is yeah, Shaq's, yeah. Shaq's first year was Larry Bird's last year. Yep, I this watched, is when he I was watched, breaking the rims all the time, right? This is when he was yep. breaking the goals, basically. Yep. Yeah, yep, that was then. Yep. So I feel like basketball is another sport that's changed. Not only has has NFL changed with rules, I feel like I feel like NBA has changed. Do you like drastically? Do you like the, and Steph, what do you think about Steph Curry changing the game? Were you a big Steph Curry guy for a while? Wasn't I? Because I was a big Ray Allen fan. So I mean, when they were sitting there telling me he was the best shooter, I was just like, no, nah, not nobody. T- Nobody could handle Reggie Miller or Ray Allen, but the last three years, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Steph Curry is 
the by far the best shooter that's ever been in that league. No doubt, ever. no doubt. This guy, this guy does like shots from like uh, from it's the crowd. It's literally like a string is attached <laughs> to that ball, and it's still going in. And I'm just like, Steph Curry, you're just that like, far. Like it's not like you're even trying, and it's like I'm yeah. like I wouldn't. I mean, <laughs> but like how you said about the NBA, it's definitely changed. I'm used to the football era. When mm-hmm. I say football era, like the fouling mm-hmm. and stuff like that, man. Like, where's your? It's not like that anymore. Where do you lie on the Michael versus LeBron debate? Oh, Michael all the way over LeBron James. Michael all the way. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I agree, but I think it's athletically. I would say athletically. Now, with me, with my mindset and stuff like that, nobody can take anything that LeBron's accomplished. I mean, shit. Like, ever since he left Cleveland, he's been in the NBA Finals. Yeah. I mean, he didn't win as much as he was in there, but that's why everybody was like, oh, well, Michael did game six, no game sevens and stuff like that. And I got respect for that. But an uh, all-around player, my, I mean, LeBron takes that level, period. But if you had the game on the line – a second left. Somebody just left somebody open on the corner. I'm passing right. to MJ before I pass it to LeBron. And here's the thing. This was before the LeBron's kind of started the 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 kind of super team era mm-hmm. where it's like I'm going to dictate if yeah. I go to – No, the, I would say the Celtics started that. You don't think LeBron made a popular The big though? three. You got to think. You had Kevin Garnett. Right. You had Rajon Rondo. You had uh-huh. Kendrick Perkins. You had right. Ray Allen. I mean, that team was unbeatable for a moment. Like, that team mm-hmm. was nasty. And, I mean, if we talk mm-hmm. about super team, Lakers. Lakers has always kind of been a super team. So, I, yeah. I don't necessarily say LeBron was the super team <laughs> ordeal, but yeah. star power team, I would say uh-huh. LeBron started that because, I mean, LeBron, Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosch. Even though right. I still say to this day, I would have brought I would have brought Amari Stoudemire over Chris Bosch. Over. Really, he had a yes. he had a uh, quick kind of um, prime because he had injury prone, right? He was he was yeah. injured a lot. Mm-hmm. But in but his Amari prime, was Amari, one of those slashers, yeah. man. Yeah, Chris Bosch was like one of those like post up shooters. Like he was more of a shooter than he would bang the hole. Amari would literally be that ruthless guy. Boom. And I mean, playing with LeBron and Dwayne Wade. He would have got some rebounds. <laughs> <laughs> he yeah, would have got some touches on the ball, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, man. So what do you got coming up next on the podcast, man? What do you got lined up? Um, I've got an episode with a good friend of mine. He has an album coming out Sunday, um, and we're just basically promoting it, getting it ready. Uh, his name is Jay Lyric. Uh, this, ep- this album that he's got coming out, it took two years in the making. Um, this was basically a chapter of – a really bad time for him. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't want to. Prom- he didn't want to bring it out when he first finished it because it was just like it was very personal. I mean, us guys that when we do stuff like this, we're already being very vulnerable right, to the audience right, right. in ways because we're literally expressing us showing them like right here. Even though you're seeing a chair, you're seeing something in my house. I'm <laughs> yeah. exposing it. My to couch. You. My couch. Yeah. Exactly. So it's like you're exposing <laughs> something that a lot of people kind of our side to do but for him to have an album about what he went through with depression and stuff like that i mean you you put yourself you you don't know what the fans would like kind of proceed on that because i mean we we're in the era that everything is questioned um mm. that's why i've been sometimes worried about some of the episodes that i published when i talk about like with my ordeal with my family and stuff like that because i don't know right. what 
perspective fans would see that in. It's it's a right and wrong thing on my end, but how they see it is it can be different. Mm. I think about life in general is one. It's not wrong, right, or wrong usually in life. It's everyone's gonna have yeah. different opinions. You know what I mean? Like, and honestly, you should because I mean, this is the land of the free, home of the brave. Yeah, we should not yeah. be told, hey, put a mouthpiece in or whatever. Like, this is your time mm-hmm. to. I mean. Mm-hmm. You do just as much work and effort as every mm-hmm. anybody else. Like mm-hmm. I'm not anybody better than what you are or anyone that I'm around. So do you still do you still um, wrestle? Are you are you done or? Um, <laughs> I got back in the ring uh, a year ago when COVID slowed back down. It was a show in Lake City, uh, one of my home areas that I wrestled in. Mm-hmm. Uh, they asked me to come on and do a battle royal. It's kind of like a Royal Rumble type look. It's like nice. a yearly thing they do. And it was the first time I ever had uh, fans back in, in the uh, building and stuff. So I was like, you know what? I'll do that. But as an actual wrestling match on a show, no, I haven't. Um, I have been in the ring. There is a spoiler. I haven't said that well, at all. Uh, but <laughs> I, have been, I have been back in the ring training a little bit, but not. Well, not this will be released in like a, that. you know. Just to get released. it out of my system, basically. <laughs> Yeah, man. Um, a few, a few quick. I got rapid fire questions. If that's okay, before we wrap oh, up here, shoot them away, bro. I'm, we got. Uh, I'm all day. Good. <laughs> all right, we're gonna do. It's gonna be like fifty-fifty. So it's gonna be like blank or blank. Okay. All right. What do you mean, you ready? blank or blank? Like two wrestlers, and then which one are you gonna pick? Which one's better? Oh, okay, okay. I got you. I got you. Like <laughs> the names. All right. So um, let's see. Dolph Ziggler or um, Cody Rhodes. Hmm. I would say Dolph Ziggler. Okay. Um, the Rock or Hulk Hogan? Rock. <laughs> if you put that um, name with anybody, I'm saying <laughs> um, Let's see. Undertaker or Samoa Joe? Taker. Triple H or Shawn Michaels? <laughs> That's actually a good one. Um, mm-hmm. I'll say Shawn Michaels. Usos or um, New Day? I'll say Usos because they've been out long. I've had so much stuff in my life that I can literally say, you know what? I'm proud of it. I may not have been at the top level of what I've been. Mm, I mean, yeah. I'm very blessed of what I've gotten out of this. People still messaging me on the American Prodigy page. That was one reason mm. why I kept it. It was just basically because I kept it mainly for kids to like, hey, what reason I took so much time and effort being that character was because I would have fans like kids message me sitting there saying, hey, you helped me face my fear that I went on this swing a lot higher than what I've used to. Um, One kid actually messaged me saying I helped him fight cancer. And that one really gave me like a different visual to stuff because I literally, like when you're doing this, you're doing it because it's like a machine. You're used to it. You just keep going. But when you step back and you realize like, man, I did some great things. It's just like, I have nothing to be upset about. Now, like the only thing I would, that I have regret on some things is I would have been more stern with the booking situations Mm -hmm. that I had. Um, A certain area that I was in, I would have been there a little bit least than what I was in there for because I gave way too much more effort into that. It was already kind of late for me to actually part my ways and go on my own in ways because I was like, I burned myself out. And plus with injuries and stuff like that. And I just had my daughter born. So it was just like, yeah, uh, everything was against me at that time. (laughs) So do you have any advice for anybody in general that's going through any um, issues on starting a new career or, you know, when I mean professionally right now? Really 
put your all into it. Um, basically, what I've always learned is I wouldn't I wouldn't accept something if I'm not going to put my time and effort in it. Um, just no consistency. It does work. It's kind of like. It's kind of like how I have a metaphor when I go to the gym. You're not going to be in shape after an hour session of lifting a dumbbell. It's a matter of you taking care of yourself, going on there, alternating different body parts and stuff like that. And you keep doing a routine, it starts showing that way. Uh, just know patience is a virtue and literally don't give up. That's literally all I can tell people is don't give up and literally be smart on the way you do it because mm-hmm. it could probably bite you in the ass in the long run <laughs> yeah all right man where can people find the podcast i have a link tree that has a good major of them i don't remember every platform but my main ones obviously is youtube uh we're on twitch uh i do the live episodes on twitter on my buzzing with marlo twitter mm-hmm. uh, we we just got on podbean um it's nice i'm mainly nice. on buzzsprout now when okay. I first started, I was just on Anchor. So Anchor was doing all the stuff. Right. Kind of like parted my way from Anchor. Now I'm doing basically everything on my own. Free agent. Uh, you changed free agency. <laughs> You're a free agent. Basically. <laughs> basically, man. They started taking a little bit too much control on some of the stuff. And I was just like, yeah. Yeah, fuck I it. I can't do it anymore. And it was like people were actually, like when I would be on Facebook groups and stuff, they were telling me, I was like, yeah, man, you got to get off Anchor. Social media. What's your social media handles? Um, Buzzing with Marla, the real Buzzing with Marla. I have a Facebook page, actually just a Facebook page. It would be yeah. the real Buzzing with Marla. Um, my Instagram is Buzzing with Marlo. Uh, mm-hmm. My Twitter is Buzzing Marlo. Those are the main ones you'll find me on Facebook, Instagram, and I'm still trying to figure out Twitter. I'm well, as old as can be with it. <laughs> yeah. All right, Warren. Well, I appreciate your time this evening. This was fun. Absolutely, man. I appreciate having you. And, uh, definitely a good time. Yeah, I look forward to chopping it up again. Maybe the guys at the commission will uh, let me uh, enter next time. The enter the rumble, you know? Oh, yeah. Most definitely. <laughs> most definitely. Oh, most definitely, man. Whenever, right, man. we'll set it up. That's it. Adios. Appreciate it. Okay, there it is. Another episode in the books. Um, Before I get to today's Instagram trivia results, please subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes. Much appreciated. We are available wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Um, Follow us on Instagram at SensiblyCynicalPod, Twitter at CynicalSensibly, and check out our Facebook page. Now, back on January 26th, I posted an album cover and asked the following question. In what year did Guns N' Roses release the album The Spaghetti Incident? The answer was 1993. And my friends Blind Static got it right. Check them out on Instagram at Blind Static Band right now. That's it, everybody. Please stay safe and take care.